Dan Dickow here with a recap of the WCC tournament semifinals and a preview of tonight's matchup. The third time where Gonzaga will face St. Mary's uh, this season. But first, a couple of recaps. Uh, BYU gave up, uh, gave a tremendous fight, a tremendous effort uh, to knock off St. Mary's. But in the end, it really wasn't enough. Uh, 76 69, the Gales of St. Mary's prevailed. Three players in double figures for BYU, led by Spencer Johnson with uh, 13 points. Um, but in the end, it was too much uh, St. Mary's just controlling the game. It, it doesn't matter if St. Mary's plays San Francisco, Pacific, BYU. They are going to control the pace of the game. They even control the pace of the game uh, for the most part against Gonzaga. And we'll touch on that when we preview tonight's championship game. But uh, BYU finishes the season at 19 and 15. The question becomes now that they are leaving the WCC, a league that they and their fan base thought they were going to dominate when they came in over 10 years ago. But do they make the NIT? Do they play in the CBI? Um, what is in store for them as they move to the Big 12? Because the Big 12 is probably the best basketball conference in the country when you look at the teams that are in there. Uh, you look at Kansas, you look at Texas, Texas Tech, you look at uh, Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas State. All these teams uh, have been unbelievable this season. Uh, they're in for a big challenge. But uh, they gave a good fight, a good run against St. Mary's. As mentioned, they prevailed 76-69. For St. Mary's, uh, Alex Dukas, he led the way with 23 points, 7-11 from the field. He's that guy that, you know, I don't think he and Bowen get a, uh, all enough credit. Uh, Mahaney's gotten a lot of notoriety, and rightfully so, the second half of the season. Mitchell Saxon has gotten credit. Logan Johnson has been spectacular as of late. Um, but Dukas and Bowen just do everything necessary for them to win. Bowen defensively and rebounding. Dukas just being a blend guy on the offensive end, uh, taking what is presented to him, and he was great last night. Mahaney did have 18 last night, Saxon 10. Logan Johnson had 10 as well. But St. Mary's advances to face Gonzaga, uh, which we all kind of expected, uh, we thought would be the case. But Gonzaga had to uh, had to deal with a pesky San Francisco Dons basketball team. Uh, they ended up winning 84-73. Uh, the Dons hit 14 threes last night. I mean, that that's uh, talk about a green light. Uh, USF, their backcourt of Tyrell Roberts, Khalil Shabazz have had a green light all year. And what that does is in a, in a loser out situation like they had uh, in the quarters. And then last night in the semifinals, you play with a ton of freedom, a ton of confidence. You just go out there and play. And that's what USF did last night. Uh, Shabazz had another big game. He had 26 points. Uh, but in the end, it wasn't enough because Gonzaga uh, got some tremendous production. Uh, Drew Timmy had another solid game with 17 points. Uh, Julian Strother had 15. Ben Gregg, spectacular off the bench, knocked down four threes for a 12-point uh, effort from him. Um, they were 11 of 26 combined as a team was Gonzaga. They got two of them from Anton Watson. He was two of six from beyond the arc. Uh, on his way to 20 points. So, you know, whatever the coaches did to not select uh, Anton Watson to the all-conference league or give him defensive player of the year, kind of put a spark on him under him last night because he was spectacular. He did all the little things that you expect 
uh, Anton Watson to do. But then he did, um, you know, the scoring. Uh, he played. He was a playmaker. He did. He was a connector. He was a screener. He did all the things that that make good basketball teams advance in March. He had 20 points. So big time effort from him. Uh, looking ahead now to preview tonight's game. Um, this is the matchup we kind of all expected uh, once we got a little bit into the season. We saw just how good St. Mary's was going to be. We saw what Gonzaga was trending to be after a lot of people kind of dismissed them early. Um, but they're back primed, poised, ready to go uh, for, a, did, I think, a second weekend run into the NCAA tournament. Gonzaga is now ranked ninth in the AP. St. Mary's is 16. It, Gonzaga, all most of the bracketologist websites that I've seen has Gonzaga solidly locked in as a three seed. Um, I don't think win or lose that will change for St. Mary's. Most of them I've seen have them at the five. I think I've seen one of them. The, the bracketologist has them at a six, which I disagree with. I think win or lose, St. Mary's should be locked into a five seed. Um, maybe if they win, maybe they could even sneak into a four seed. Um, I think that would be great for the West Coast Conference if, if they could do that. Um, but that being said, en enough about bracketologists. Uh, we will get the seeding uh, later this week on Sunday when uh, the selection show happens. But to preview this game, it's a it's a it's a tiebreaker. Gonzaga lost the first game in Moraga, as we all know. They controlled about 34, 35 minutes of that game. And then Aiden Mahaney took charge, making big plays down the stretch, whether it was scoring it, whether it was finding guys. Um, and then St. Mary's prevailed in overtime in Moraga. In Spokane, uh, just a week and a half, two weeks or so ago, uh, I thought Gonzaga really kind of took the fight to St. Mary's throughout by employing a three-quarter court press throughout most of the game. I would say probably, if my memory serves me right, about 36, 37 of those minutes, Gonzaga uh, was in a 1-2-2 uh, zone press. Uh, just to take time off the clock uh, with St. Mary's getting into their offense. The reason this is so important is, say St. Mary's gets the ball across the half-court line at on a norm, in a normal pace of play game at 23. And with the pace and the deliberate style that they play on the offensive end, you might have to guard three, four, five actions sometimes, a pick and roll on this side, swing it, a down screen into a pick and roll or dribble handoff on the second side. Nothing happens. Ball gets to the third side, entering in the post, split screen action. So, you know, you're looking at having to guard three, four, five actions um, if you're allowing St. Mary's to walk the ball up the floor with, with no um, pressure. And now if you add that pressure, takes a couple passes in the backcourt. It takes a little bit of organizing once you get the ball into the front court. Now you might be guarding with 13 uh, seconds left on the shot clock. And that's a huge thing in the college game because in the college game, as opposed to the NBA game, when you get to 12, 13 on the clock, most guys are thinking, oh, it's the end of the shot clock. We got to get into our actions. So really, you're only allowing one, maybe two actions to occur uh, in the college game with that amount of time. In the NBA, you know, you get the ball, you have six, seven seconds left. You might still have time for two, three actions just because the game is so much quicker um, and players recognize and realize situations and play out of concepts that much better at the NBA level. But at the college level, if you can make your opponent enter their first option uh, on the offensive end of the floor around 13, 14, as opposed to 23, uh, you're really helping yourself defensively not 
giving yourself the amount of opportunities to have breakdowns. And especially against a team like St. Mary's who runs such good offense. If you're put in situations where you can break down, you will break down. Uh, so I think that was a great adjustment by Gonzaga's coaching staff in that second game. I would expect to see a lot of that um, tonight in the conference tournament final. Uh, the other things I think that are important to keep an eye on, I think the rebound battle, I think that is always key against St. Mary's because St. Mary's is one of the most physical teams uh, in all of college basketball. I think Gonzaga needs to find a way to get Mitchell Saxon in foul trouble. Um, it's easier said than done um, because I, I think uh, after him and possibly getting uh, Bowen in foul trouble as well, I, I really like the freshman Wessels, um, but to ask him to guard a Drew Timmy in extended stretches and or even guarding Ben Gregg on the perimeter and having to chase him, I, I think is to a Gonzaga advantage. I think uh, for for St. Mary's, uh, Logan Johnson and Aiden Mahaney have to play well tonight um, so because, as I've said many times, March in the postseason is about guards. So for St. Mary's, will their backcourt outplay Gonzaga's backcourt of Julian Strother, although some people might call him a, a wing, but I, I consider him a backcourt because of your three-guard lineup. But will those two guys for St. Mary's outplay Strother, Bolton, Hickman, uh, and then Malachi Smith coming in off the bench. So lots of things to keep an eye on, but I think the the foul issues, the rebound battle, and the battle of the backcourt is going to be huge. So um, my prediction, I think it's going to go down to the wire. I think it's going to be a, a couple possession games, uh, a couple possession game, but I do think Gonzaga will prevail. Game's not going to be as high scoring as maybe uh, a lot of people want. I think the game is going to be... Uh, in the low 70s but when you think about it for Gonzaga to score in low 70s um, that means St. Mary's kind of has dictated tempo uh, fairly well because Gonzaga leads the country again in points per game nearly 90 a game as well as uh, field goal percentage and offensive efficiency so should be a fun night Gonzaga should win uh, give them a, a chance to, to take a day or two off before um, they focus their attention on, on individual skill development and big concept uh, team ideas uh, that they can get some practices in before selection Sunday and finding out who they play and where they play. So for Gonzaga Nation SI, I'm Dan Dickow. Looking forward to tonight's WCC Conference Tournament Final. <laughs>